Hello and welcome to Travel Diaries. My name is Samantha Forbes and with me today is Sean Forbes. And this podcast is about just truths discovered while traveling. And I don't travel often, but when I do, I often like to leave with some lesson that I think I can apply to life. And so based on what this podcast is about i'm going to start with um a trip that i took to the pool (laughs) the community pool center here in richmond bc and the name of the community pool is minoru's active Active living Living Center. center yeah and so um yeah so we're from the bahamas and you know lovely warm weather all year round any day you can go on the beach and the water is warm moving to canada has been a a weather shock (laughs) in that nine months out of the year it's cold and even though bc has the mildest climate of the entire canada it rains a lot in the winter and so the apartment we had just moved in when we moved to canada um only had a shower did not have a tub and I was aching for the feel of soaking in warm water and so and then also the cold weather sort of made me quite sedentary because who wants to go outside when it's cold you just end up staying in the house and gain a few pounds because you're just sitting like a bear eating right putting on your winter coat so one thing I noticed was that the people here in Richmond, well, BC period or Vancouver period, I should say, I noticed that the cold weather does not stop them from being active. They're outdoors, they're running, they're, they're just being active, riding their bike. They're, the kids are still playing soccer or football or whatever it is. And that was not my story. And so I was sort of motivated actually by watching them i'm like well if they can do it i can do it so so one sunday morning packed up my boys and a friend that they had who spent the night over um and we decided to go to active living center so when we got there i was quite surprised at how huge it was i think it was like a new facility and they have about how many swimming lanes sean did they have uh, maybe probably more than 10 about uh, 10 pr- maybe yeah, probably more probably more than 10 yeah. swimming and then they have like uh two hot tubs right saunas saunas two saunas uh, a lazy a river tub. a cold tub um and they have slides yeah slides a rock climbing thing rock climbing wall right like yeah. This is a place, like, if you didn't even want to go swimming, you could just sit and watch. Yeah. You could just sit and watch everything that's going on. And the demographic of, of Richmond, Richmond is America's mm-hmm. most Asian city. Yeah. And so the demographic is quite Asian, right? But even though that's the case, there are still other demographics of people there. And so it's quite a diverse community. Um and so I just wanted to go. I wanted to get into a hot tub. And I just wanted to, you know, close my eyes and just get lost in my world. Boys were already in the lazy river having fun. And so I went into um, the adult hot tub. And even though, you know, I, for a moment there, I just zoned out. But then when I opened my eyes, I, I looked around. 
and I couldn't help but notice, I couldn't help but pay deep attention to the diversity of people that were there. And my mind went back to the story of a young man by the name of Al Bright in the 1950s. And Sean, I want you to share the story of Al, Al Bright. Yes, so Alfred Al Bright was nine years old and his the little league team he was in just won some sort of championship so to celebrate they went to the pool everybody was swimming having food enjoying the time except alfred because of the color of his skin he could not be in the same pool as the white kids and his coaches and everybody else and his friends felt bad and brought him food but they couldn't no matter what they did they couldn't bring him in the pool with him so at the parent, his parents naturally felt bad and tried to talk to them to let their kid into the pool. And he got to go into the pool, but not in the way that you would think. Everybody else had to come out of the pool. They were not allowed to be in the same, like, even, like, space as him. And he couldn't even touch the water. They put him in a raft and pulled him around for a few minutes um, while everybody sat outside and just watched him get pulled around. And a few minutes later, everybody else was in, and he was back standing outside, not even not wet a little bit, you know. Um, so, so let me paint this cinematic picture here. Let's just imagine for a second, right? Because Al at the time was nine years old, and yeah. this, then so Channing, uh, my youngest son, was nine also at the time when we, you know, visited Monaro Active Living Center pool. So I'm picturing now that we're going to this pool and because of the color of our skin we're not allowed to go in the water but as an adult you can almost be like whatever but a child right can you imagine the <laughs> the broadway production they had to make yep. in order to tell everyone okay get out of the pool right well at first he's just sitting there watching everyone despite the fact that he helped his team win this championship yep. for this town the same town and they went to the community pool of this same town and they made everyone come out of the pool and al is just standing there watching this happen then they put a raft in the pool tell him to sit in the raft and don't touch the water because of the color of his skin so what black people were considered unclean 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 that's yeah. what it was yeah they you could like Really, you could die for even like go going in the same area almost as. So everything as was segregated in those. Everything things. was segregated. The water fountains were, the restrooms were, and you weren't even allowed to dine in to restaurants. You, you could only take out. You you could die for sitting in restaurants. You can only have takeout. So right. people of color didn't know what it was like to, no. to eat in the same restaurant no. as other no. demographics. No. <laughs> so okay. So they pulled him around the pool for a few minutes. Yep. And then he had to get out. Yep. That is just so heartbreaking. And you could imagine the toll it takes on a nine-year-old who just who doesn't want to attract so much negative attention from his friends. But not only did he disrupt his friend's time, but he didn't get anything out of it either. Right. You know? So that leaves a, a negative impact on and any kid. Like, I could imagine that happening to me. I would still think about that situation to this day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I remember the end of the story that 
his coaches wanted to give him a ride home and he just was like no and he just walked home and i'm yep. just picturing this nine-year-old little boy walking on the side of the road on a day that should have been so happy for him just sad yep right and i guess it's the reason why i thought about this story because i feel like we see so much negativity on the news about the racial tensions that's just high right now right in 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 the world and specifically um countries like the united states um and i feel like we still have to give credit to humanity because we've come a long way yep. because the scenery at Monaro Active Living Center on that day, and I mean, still is today. It's like I was in the pool, and there were Asian people, there were Southeast Asian people, there were white people, there were just different ethnicities. I can't say what their 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 cultural background is, like if they were Italian or French or yeah. I can't say. But you can look and you can see this wide variety of people, and no one is looking at me and saying, "Oh, we need to get she needs to get out of this pool." I mean, it's, it's very different it, from 50, 50 years ago. Yeah, totally right. different. Fifty, seventy years ago, it's completely yeah. different. Everyone was just chilling. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, one was really checking, and then the kids like. Um, that were playing in the pool. Everyone was just happy and having a good time. And, and I looked and I stood in awe and I said, you know, I know that humanity still has problems, but we have come a long way. And then I can remember um, getting out of the hot tub and I'm like, okay, I want to try going to sauna. And I went into one of the saunas, um, not the steam room, a dry sauna room that I went into. And there was, like I said, a variety of people just sitting in there. And so this other lady who um, was a woman of color, she asked me, she said, are you from Africa? And I said, no, I'm from the Bahamas. This Asian lady jumps in and she says, oh, is that around South America? And I was like, no, um, it's near Florida. And so I had to explain to her where I was. And so I asked her, I said, are you Chinese? She said, no, I know Chinese, I Taiwanese. And she was just very adamant about that. Of course, I couldn't understand her passion behind her response. I had to go and this is the thing about that we often fail culturally because we look at people and they have similar um, physical attributes and we clump them all together. Because in the Bahamas, everyone who has slanted eyes, we just call Chinese. We don't say, oh, that person is possibly Taiwanese or Japanese or Korean or Vietnamese. We don't say this. The most we probably can say is we, we can probably tell the difference with Filipinos because they're, we have a large demographic of Filipinos in the Bahamas. But yeah, and so that was my failure, right? And the funny thing is we, we, group, we tend to group these people together, but sometimes they're cultural differences like between the Japanese and Chinese are, are like much more different than even the Japanese and white people you know right yeah yeah it, yeah it's it's like it's like night and day almost yeah absolutely true absolutely just assume that these people all share the same like you said it's such a powerful statement it's such a powerful statement what you said because it's true it's very true like someone can look at us and feel like um, we have the same cultural things as African-Americans, 
but we don't but we don't we so, have drastically different we have drastically different culturally things right and the most we share is the color of our skin and our maybe hair texture right, right. but for the most part we're culturally different and that's something that we have to be so sensitive with when we're meeting people to not assume certain things um but it was so refreshing to just you know that conversation led into to uh, other conversations in the sauna in the dry sauna right um and once again i walked away and i just was so i was grateful for where we're at as humans i was grateful that we're not where we were at in the 1950s you know what i mean and i think that no matter how much evil tries to deceive us and to separate us that there is still something within humans where we realize really literally that we're all in the same pool and we're navigating we're finding our way to that place so back to albright sean tell me a bit about his life after that incident well the good thing about albright is he didn't let the severe impact that it had on his life do it in a negative way he let it inspire him and that same year he went on to become the highest achiever at the school and he later at that same school again won a scholarship and then graduated at youngstown university where he also taught art and painting until eventually in 1970 he established a black studies program where he hosted many huge black figures such as Maya Angelou, Alex Haley, Jesse Jackson, and Shirley Chisholm. And if you ever want to see any of his art, his works, because he never stopped painting until he died, you could see his work at the Canton Museum of Art, the Harmon and Harriet Kelly Collection of African American Art, the Kent State University Gallery, the Butler Institute of American Art, and the Roanoke Museum of Fine Arts and Northeastern University. That's awesome. And I think there's a lesson in that for us because like we've encountered racial microaggressions. You, Sean, have encountered really strong or difficult things when you were when you attended a private Catholic school in Florida. You wanna tell me about a bit about that? Yeah, well, um I let it damage me and I sort of had a a hatred for white people for a, a while. A long time because I thought all of them were the same um, but what I've come to realize was I, I now feel sorry for those kids who treated me the way they did at in Florida because they live such a boxed in life such a material life so it, yeah. it's it they're just in that, that one place in Florida. Yeah. And if they were to ever go anywhere else. Where, they had to come here if they came to Canada. Right? In Richmond. Where it's so much different <laughs> ethnicity, ethnicity, ethnicities. Yeah. So much different cultures. Um, so much different. It's, it's a lot of different, right? Right. It would be a rude, a rude awakening for them. They, they would have to learn and, and I'd feel sorry for them because yeah. in where they are, they're just... In a box or yeah, in a bubble. And they have it so easy yeah, there, you know, but that's not life. So much different ethnicities, absolutely. That's not life. When they grow up and they have to, they have to get jobs and have to raise a family, that's, they'll, they'll learn quickly that's not life. 
And so, just so like Al, right? You didn't allow that bitterness to consume you. No. You came around, right? And, and we realized that all people aren't that way. And, and, and I think it's such a deception. Yeah. I think humanity has been so deceived into, think, into believing the whole racist lie, right? Yeah. To say, oh, well, this person is racist, that person. And I get it. It's not to water down the concept of racism. But I believe if someone says to you long enough, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, yeah. you're going to believe it. Right, yeah. and if someone says to you long enough, or the deception is in your head that you're better, you're superior, you're this and that, you believe that deception. And I believe it's not that humans, deep down, I believe what we are is really unfamiliar. I think we just have to get to know each other. We have to get to know each other. And the conclusion is, we're all in the same pool. COVID yep. did not discriminate. War does not discriminate. Violence does not discriminate. No matter what features you have on the inside, we're all the same. We we're all have all heart, a heart, lungs, a kidney, a spine, <laughs> uh, you know, everything you can think of. We everything. all have the same, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. And so this is, uh, this is my recreational truth, and this is your recreational truth, Sean. Um, just visiting a pool. <laughs> just visiting Monaro, Richmond's Monaro Active Living Center. And so um, I look forward to learning more truths along the way. What say you, Sean? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, signing off.